Matthew 4, 18 through 22 says, While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Matthew 9, 9-13 says, As Jesus was going down the road, he saw Matthew sitting at his tax, at his tax collector booth. Come be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. That night, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to be his sinner guests, along with his fellow tax collectors and many other notorious sinners. The Pharisees were indignant. Why does your teacher eat with such scum, they asked his disciples. When Jesus heard this, he replied, Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Then he added, Now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to be merciful. I don't want your sacrifices, for I have come to call sinners, not those who think they are already good enough. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day that we get to gather here together. I pray that you would help us understand your word and bring us closer to you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you give me a drink? Did you hear me? That's bad, huh? What? You, would you ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan? And a woman? I'm sorry. I should have said please. You know, it's not safe for you to be alone out here. Nor you. Why haven't you come with others? Why so late in the day? Don't women come to the wells in the, the cool of the morning? Yeah, well, none of them will be seen with me, so I have to come at noon in the heat, as you have so kindly reminded me. Why won't they be seen with you? Long story. I'd, I'd still like a drink of water if you can spare it. Amazing what a parched throat will do. Aren't I unclean to you? Won't you be defiled by this vessel? Maybe some of my people say that about your women, but I don't. Yeah? And what do you say? I say if you knew who I am, you'd be asking me for a drink. Really? And I would give you living water. Would, except that you have nothing to throw water with, and this is a deep well. Besides, 
What do you need from me if you have your own supply of living water? Long story. But Jewish water is better than Samaritan water. Hmm? That's not what I said. Are you a better man than our ancestor Jacob, who dug this well? Your water is better than his? I know, Jacob. And everyone who drinks this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. Wouldn't that be nice? The water I give will become in a person a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Really? Yes, really. Prove it. First, go and call your husband, then come back. I will show you both. I don't have a husband. You are right. You've had five husbands. And the man you're living with now is not your husband. <laughs> oh, I see. You're a prophet. You're here to preach at me. No. Usually the one good thing about coming here alone is I can escape being condemned. I'm not here to condemn you. I've made mistakes. Too many. But it's men like you who have made it impossible for me to do anything about it. How? Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you Jews insist Jerusalem is the only place for true worship. They say that because the temple is there. Yeah. Exactly where we're not allowed. I'm here to break those barriers. And the time is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. So, where am I supposed to go when I need God? I've never received anything from God, but I couldn't thank Him even if I did. Anywhere. God is spirit. And the time is coming and is now here. That it won't matter where you worship, but only that you do it in spirit and truth. Heart and mind, that, that is the kind of worshiper he's looking for. It won't matter where you're from or what you've done. Do you believe what I'm telling you? Until the Messiah comes and explains everything and sorts this mess out, including me. I don't trust in anyone. You're wrong when you say that you've never received anything from God. This Messiah you speak of, I am he. The first one was named Ramin. You were a woman of purity was excited to be married, but he wasn't a good man. He hurt you, and it made you question marriage and even the practice of your faith. Stop it. The second was Farzad. On your wedding night, his skin smelled like oranges. And to this day, every time you pass by the oranges in the market, you feel guilty for leaving him because he was the only truly godly man you've been with, but you felt unworthy. Why are you doing this? I have not revealed myself to the public as the Messiah. You are the first. It would be good if you believed me.
picked the wrong person. I came to Samaria just to meet you. <laughs> Do you think it's an accident that I'm, I'm here in the middle of the day? I am rejected by others. I know. But not by the Messiah. And you know these things because you are the Christ. I'm going to tell everyone. I was counting on it. <laughs> Spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. It won't be all about mountains or temples. Soon. Just the heart. <laughs> you promise. I promise. This man told me everything I've done. Oh, he must be the Christ! <laughs> Hey, wait! Your water! You forgot your um. Foxy, your man, you told me everything I ever did! <laughs> How you doing? Um, that's from an app called The Chosen. Um, it's a great, great depiction of the disciples and their time with the Lord. And so if you haven't checked that out, check it out. It's free. Um, we're putting on uh, an immersive experience for Easter. Uh, if you can't tell by looking around the room, there's some shrubbery up here. And so we would hope that you and your family or you and your small group or you and your friends would come be a part of what we're doing next week. Um, they're going to throw a QR on the screen that you could scan. So let's just do that. If you haven't done that yet, take your phone out, scan the QR on the screen, and then put it away. You can answer all the questions and fill it all out later. But I want you to have it. Um, we're going to walk through um, Jesus' last days, and uh, it's going to be a really, really, really cool experience as we look to Easter um, and as we prepare for Easter. And so um, if you're not planning on doing that already, man, plan to do it. Plan to be a part of the Passion Experience. Um, John 4:27. We have this story of the woman at the well that we just watched a portrayal of. John 4.27 says, Then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking to a woman. And so that's where we're going to start. You need to understand that in this story, and again, this isn't a Terrible. This isn't a story that Jesus told. This happened. And when it happened, the disciples, they were concerned that he was talking to a woman. They were concerned that they were even going to Samaria because Jews and Samaritans didn't connect socially. 
at all? Are there people in your life that you don't connect with socially at all? I think about my high school time and the best thing that comes to mind is, oh, I would never hang out with them, they're a, and then I would fill in the blank. And for us, it was almost like when you walked through the cafeteria and I haven't been graced with the opportunity and the clearance yet to walk through your cafeterias, thank you, COVID, but as soon as I do, I will. And when you walked through our cafeteria, there was just little pockets of people everywhere, little groups. And sometimes they were the band group, and sometimes they were the drama group, and sometimes they were the athletes, and sometimes they were just this group of maybe little misfits that didn't really have a group, and so they all grouped together. Um, but a lot of times, certain groups didn't talk to each other, right? Is that, is that still what's going on? You got people in your school that you would never talk to because they're, and then you fill in the blank. And so last week, maybe you weren't with us last week, so this idea might be new, but last week, I challenged you to think up the people who sit directly next to you in each class. And so if you don't sit on a wall, if you don't sit on the edge of your class, then you have eight people in first hour that sit around you. Someone sits in front of you, catty-cornered to each side, directly beside you, catty-cornered behind you, and directly behind you. Eight people. And I challenged you to think of their names, and we had posters up all around the room. First hour, second hour, third hour, fourth hour, and I challenged you to write their names. And the overwhelming thing, after looking at the lists, is that if you have eight people in first hour that sit beside you, you may know three of their names. Am I wrong? Because to me, that was the overwhelming takeaway as the person who is over you in this time in your life as your minister, that we don't even know other people's names. And so I challenged you this week to learn some new names. How'd it go? Did you see it? Differently? Did you see First Hour differently this week? Did anybody learn any new names this week? I hope that you did. Because of all the decorations and things, the posters are rolled up in my office tonight. But when we're back together in two weeks, the posters are going to be back out and you're going to have an opportunity to fill in more names. This is something we're going to continue to talk about. Because God put you every hour of your day surrounded by a group of people. Do we have compassion for them? Or do we allow the social norms to stop us? Do we allow the social barriers that culture has placed on you to stop you from connecting to them? We have a huge social barrier that we see here. Samaritans and Jews... At that time, men and women, huge social barrier. If I would have gone earlier in the clip, the disciples are like, why are we going through Samaria? Can, let's just walk around. We don't want, Jesus, you don't need to go in there. They're bad people. We would never associate. Let's just walk around the city, Jesus. 
How many times do we just walk down the hallway and not see someone else? This story applies to you. Sweet. You better answer it. Is that your mom? Okay. That was exciting. That was exciting. All right, stay with me. So here we are. John 4, 27. After the disciples returned, they were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking to her? Then she, leaving the jar, went back to the town and said to the people, come see everything he's told me. Every, come see the man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? The woman... Not only was Jews and Samaritans not supposed to hang out or talk or associate with one another. Not only was Jesus as a man and as a teacher not to address her openly, publicly. But she was known in the town for being unpure. She was known for that. didn't stop him, it didn't cause him to hesitate, it didn't cause him to second guess it. We're going to go back to one of the passages that the students read earlier, Matthew chapter 9. I think we'll have that on the screen for you. Matthew chapter 9, starting in verse 9. This is very interesting. Jesus went from there and saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him, and Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? And on hearing this, Jesus said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. You all know how I feel about craft singles. I talk about them all the time. Um, If you don't know how I feel about craft singles, how many of you have had a a grilled cheese with a craft single on it before? I know I have. Okay. It's fake. Hate to break that to you. The FDA put out stuff a couple years ago. The packaging doesn't say cheese anywhere on it. It says singles. And now the FDA makes them print a little thing that says processed cheese product. Mmm. But it's not real. It's not the real deal. And what I'm afraid, stay with me. And I would even say that we as the American church have done your generation a huge disservice when it comes to this topic, what we're about to say. I'm afraid that some of you are following a Jesus that follows social norms. And that's not this Jesus. That's not the Jesus of the Bible that we read about. He doesn't follow social norms. He completely breaks them. And so 
So when I think about the people who sit around you in class, when I challenge you to think about the people who sit around you in class, I wonder how many of those social norms you've been following, and that's why we're where we are. That's why you don't know their names. We're going to put this in front of you a lot in the coming days, weeks, and months ahead. It's a, just a slide that says prayer, care, share. That if we're going to get to the place with a friend or a person in our life, there it is, where we want to share the gospel with them, we better first be praying for them. And we better first be praying for them by name. And so I am challenging you, in the time you have left, pray for the people you sit with every day in class. And if you don't know their name, it's time. Listen, Jesus doesn't ask you to follow social norms. Jesus doesn't ask you to be good enough. You're never going to be good enough. Jesus asks you to follow him. And sometimes I think, I think we miss that part. He doesn't ask you to be good enough. He doesn't ask you to go to church all the time. He doesn't ask you. He asks you to follow him. And if we're going to do this, if you're going to radically change your school for the gospel, then we have to follow him in this area. We have to be okay going up to someone we've never gone up to before and said, hey, I'm Andrew. I know I've sat behind you for like three months, but we've never done this. Hi. What's your name? That's okay to do. Now, probably, I wouldn't say to talk about their sin. You know, that's what Jesus did. I'd start with their name. Maybe sometime you can get to the place where you can let them know that you're praying for them. Man, that would be cool. But I want to challenge you. He's not asking you to follow social norms. He's not asking you to get behind big social movements or to stay away from big social movements. He's asking you to follow him. And when we read this passage... What does following him look like? His example is that people's souls matter way more than everything else. That's the example that we read. Her soul matters way more than what she's known for, than why she's there at that time. Her soul is way more than her past, what she's done, what's been done to her. Her soul is way more than that to Jesus. So we have to continue to say, God, would you give me compassion for these people in my life? Would you help me to see how, how you see? And if things are getting in the way us doing that, 
then we've got to be able to look at that and pinpoint that and say, that's not okay anymore. Maybe it was in my life. Maybe, maybe these things that stopped me from connecting with other people, they were okay in my life at one point. I wouldn't normally go talk to that person because, then finish the sentence. Because they dress differently than I do, because they grew up in a different part of town than I did, because they're wealthier than my family or not as wealthy as my family, because they don't pay any attention to class and I'm sure they're failing, because they pay way too much attention in class and I'm sure they're gonna be valedictorian. You finish the sentence. What is it that gets in the way? And some of you hate to tell you this, it's you. You're the thing that gets in the way. Your pride, what other people are gonna think of you, you've got to get out of the way. And maybe Maybe you're here and you've been here for a couple weeks and you're hearing all this and you're like, man, like Andrew, that's really great and all, but like I'm thinking about the people that sit around me and I know two or three of them and I sit by a couple of my friends, but you know, there's some classes that really there's some people that you're talking about that sit by me, it's just not gonna happen. There's, I, there's just no way I'm gonna go talk to them. You need to understand your problem's not with me. It's not. Like, you have a Jesus problem when that becomes the conversation because Jesus would totally go talk to them. You need to understand that. And so if this whole thing is really hard, that's okay. Following Jesus is hard. But if you're at a place where you're like, Andrew, I just don't know that that's gonna happen with a few people. Yeah, it's gonna be a no from me. I would really challenge you to examine your walk with Jesus. Because your problem isn't with me or with this passage, your problem is with Jesus. And if, again, he doesn't call us to be good, he doesn't call us to follow social norms or not follow social norms. He calls us to follow him. And so how are you following him in this area? And what would it look like in your life if you did? We've got to be a people that says, God, would you give me compassion for everyone that I see? Would we be moved to compassion like we talked about last week? And God would... I see how you see. Let's pray together.